Hello, everybody, and welcome back to this week's edition of the About to Review podcast. Here to amplify diverse voices in media, I'm your host, as always, that guy named John. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast on your podcast platform of choice. It is listed on everything. Google Podcasts, Apple Pod, or Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, you can find it anywhere. You can also stream the episodes directly from the website abouttoreview.com which is where you can find links to the show notes and guests. If you want to support the show, that would be amazing. There are two links in the episode description. One is to an Amazon wish list if you want to pick something up for the studio. The second is a direct PayPal link if you just want to send a dollar. That would be great. And also follow the podcast on social media at About Review, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and youtube.com slash review. All right, on this week's episode, I am just going to do a quick review of two new films, uh, The Gentleman, directed by Guy Ritchie, and then followed right after that by The Rhythm Section, directed by Reed Moreno. Now, these are two films that are in theaters right now, but before we get to those reviews, we will go to the original theme song created by Damien Randall of Ill-Mannered Media. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. One quick announcement at the top of the show, an episode that will be coming out most likely tomorrow from the day that you are listening to this, so probably on Thursday, uh, will be an episode of About to Interview uh, from my weekend that I spent at the Vancouver Short Film Festival. This was the 10th anniversary, or yeah, 10th anniversary of the Vancouver Short Film Festival. I spent all weekend there watching some amazing films and had the opportunity to interview some really great filmmakers. So look forward to that episode of About to Interview on this same podcast feed. And yeah, most likely Thursday. Basically, as soon as I got back into town, I was already (laughs) right back into a regular screening and things have been super busy. So that will be coming out tomorrow. So make sure to look for that. And thank you to all of the filmmakers who gave me the opportunity to interview them during that weekend. Okay, so first movie on the docket is The Gentleman. Directed by Guy Ritchie, starring Matthew McConaughey, Charlie Hunnam, Michelle Dockery, Jeremy Strong, Colin Farrell, Hugh Grant. Like, this is a pretty stacked cast. And anyone who is a fan of kind of old school Guy Ritchie movies like Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels, Snatch, this is kind of Guy Ritchie's return to form after doing a few other things that Maybe we're not quite the same, like, um, oh yeah, Aladdin from last year, which was, uh, if you remember, really bad. It was just, it was rough. Uh, His movie before that, the King Arthur movie, it was like King Arthur uh, Legend of the Sword, I think it was. In my review for that, I said that as a King Arthur movie, it was trash. As a Dungeons and Dragons movie, it was great. But alas... It still had some of his kind of Guy Ritchie 
isms, with the quick cuts, with the kind of messing with the timeline a little bit, giving you some quick flashbacks. So with this film, The Gentleman, this is absolutely a return to that formula. I mean, even kind of the opening scene, you know, we get the opening scene and then we get a quick thing being like weeks earlier and then we get into the actual story. The story of this one, I mean, it is <laughs> it is pretty simple. There's not a lot to it as far as the actual plot. The storyline takes some interesting turns, but the plot is basically Matthew McConaughey is an American living in England, and he has this massive marijuana, underground marijuana operation that he wants to kind of get out of the game, and so he wants to sell it to the highest bidder. Of course, in the middle of that, hijinks ensue, hilarity ensues, violence ensues during his quest to kind of offload his operation and retire, as it, as it were. So we get him as the protagonist, but also Charlie Hunnam, who is his second-in-command, who is really solid. Like, Charlie Hunnam, a lot of people know him from, you know, Sons of Anarchy. This role, you know, he is very just calm, cool, collected, but when he snaps, and we only see it a couple times, it like, his, his transition was really good with those moments. But really, what this comes down to is this weird antagonistic relationship that Matthew McConaughey has with multiple people in the film, but one of which being Jeremy Strong. Jeremy Strong basically plays the character who Matthew McConaughey is, Matthew McConaughey as Mickey Pearson, you know, is trying to coerce, not coerce, trying to get to buy his business. Of course, Jeremy Strong wants a better deal and some some things happen, but Jeremy Strong as a villain in this piece really works. Like he is kind of that like conniving, shrewd businessman who I, 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 is just kind of greasy but refined. So that was an interesting take. It was almost similar to like some of the old Bond villains, where you kind of like them at first, like they're kind of charming. Until they kind of go off the rails. Mixed in with all of this is Henry Golding's character, Dry Eye, who is another person who wants a piece of Mickey Pearson's business and kind of will stop at anything to get it. So we have McConaughey and his second in command, Charlie Hunnam. We have Jeremy Strong, who, you know, we are not quite sure who his allegiances are for. We get Dry Eye, who has his own stuff going on with, you know, his family and his kind of mob connections, which kind of brings me to one of the things I did not like about this film. There are several heavy racist stereotype jokes. And in context with these characters, is it believable that that character would say that thing? Yes. Is it still uncomfortable to sit there and listen to that character in that context say that thing? Absolutely. I mean, there are digs at Jewish people. There are digs at Asian people. There are digs at black people. Like, it... And it was definitely uncomfortable. There were a couple times when there were audible groans coming from the audience. 
never really a good sign when it was a joke moment. So that was kind of weird. And Guy Ritchie, I mean, this is nothing new. I mean, he has been pushing those boundaries pretty much his whole filmmaking career. So that was, I mean, it was just flat out uncomfortable in parts, even when you look at it in context of these characters. Uh, one of my favorite characters of the film, though, is we get Hugh Grant as this private investigator who is trying to layer or, yeah, trying to piece all of these layers together of this operation of Vicki Pearson, of Dry Eye, of Jeremy Strong's character, and present it to Charlie Hunnam, being like, hey, I know everything. You can pay me off for X amount. But the context in the film that we get that in, the device, I should say, that we get that in, is Hugh Grant is pitching a script and wants to sell his script to Charlie Hunnam. The script is obviously based off of the real-life interactions that he has been witnessing as a private investigator, but I really liked that device because it was not just a gimmick. Like it, it actually worked having Hugh Grant talk about the events as if they were a film while we are watching that film, and it does this kind of fake-out, fourth-wall-breaking <laughs> type of thing more than once, but it works. Like, it, it actually works, and that takes not only good writing, but Hugh Grant, who is this over-the-top private investigator, he has to sell that, and his character definitely sells it. I mean, he is the epitome of you know, again, to use the word greasy and smarmy private investigator who is always using that leverage that he has to further his career. But that was solid. I really liked that angle of just using the script for a film as a device for the film itself. The overall, the overall cast was great. Everybody had really good chemistry. The music in this was also really solid as far as like the licensed Music, a lot of it just was timed really well. And the action scenes in this, when we get them, Guy Ritchie does a very, he shoots action scenes very smartly. Same with like Sherlock Holmes, does not really overcomplicate anything. As uh, Again, taking out King Arthur because that was just a mess for a lot of different reasons. But he knows how to shoot basically gangsters fighting each other, which is just kind of brawling so that was really good all the character motivations felt genuine and just yeah I liked the flow of this movie like I said if you are a fan of old school Guy Ritchie this is the return to form if you are not a fan of old school Guy Ritchie and that type of filmmaking and that type of kind of flashback to present constantly uh, this, this is probably not going to be the movie for you. Uh, Henry Golding's character, as, the, as another antagonist, I should say, I really liked except for one moment. There is one moment where his character starts to do a physical act that is very out of place for his character. Like, there was nothing about that character that would make that moment feel okay. And it feels like it was just there for shock value. I'm not going to spoil it and kind of talk about that scene, but it was a scene that just, it was so out there and 
a turn for his character and vindictively violent in a way that we just had not seen him. So again, that was another moment where the audience, you can just kind of feel that tension. So, but yeah, overall, I'm a fan of, of this type of Guy Ritchie film. I like old school gangster movies. This had some really clever, you know, filmmaking devices in it and plot devices in it that made sense and pushed the movie forward. There are a couple subplots in this that I think could be cut. Uh, but, I mean, it goes where it needs to go for reasons. I would just like, okay, like I, I get it. And I think the story could have gone without one character in particular, without her kind of side quest, we shall say. So, yeah, uh, that was my brief review for The Gentleman. It is, yeah, very uh, late at night. So this is going to be a quick one. If this is your first time listening to this podcast, thank you for listening. The rating system for this podcast, there are only three choices. No letter grades, no stars, none of that. The three choices are good, bad, or ugly. Easily defined. That means that a good film is something you came out of the theater, you wanted to talk about with your friends, you wanted to recommend it to people, you really enjoyed your experience. Bad film is something that you came out of the theater and you were like, okay, that was a movie, and it did not really inspire you to like talk about it. Ugly, avoid at all costs. So The Gentleman, written and directed by Guy Ritchie, starring Matthew McConaughey, Charlie Hunnam, Michelle Dockery, Jeremy Strong, Colin Farrell, Hugh Grant, Henry Golding. Yeah, it was it was pretty stacked. Uh, my official rating for this is good. Again, like I said, I like this style. I like Guy Ritchie as a director in this type of style. The King Arthur thing was trash. Aladdin was kind of trash. And a few of his other projects did not really, you know, hit me the same way. Revolver, I was not a big fan of that one necessarily. But this one, it gets good. I definitely enjoyed it. And if you are a fan of that type of Guy Ritchie film, I think you will enjoy it as well. Moving right along to the last film review of this episode, and that is The Rhythm Section, directed by Reed Morano. Moreno? I'm not sure. I forgot to look up how to pronounce her name, and I kind of feel bad about that. So The Rhythm Section is based off of a series of books, which I actually did not know about going into this film. This is a series of four books uh, written by, what is his name? I totally forgot to write down his name. But it is the Stephanie Patrick series. Uh, Mark Mark Burnell? Mark Burnell? Something like that. So going into this movie, did not really know about anything. Tried to keep it as a minimal, or tried to keep my exposure to this minimal. Did not even know it was a book series. So this stars Blake Lively, Jude Law, Sterling K. Brown. Are the three heavy hitters. Max Casella is in this also, who is great. I, I like him a lot. Um, and also Raza Jeffrey who is one of my like favorite kind of character actors. I wish he got more exposure to American audiences. He is awesome. So this movie tells a story, and I think this is kind of, when I was doing some research, mostly what happens in book one, obviously, of the four-book series. So we have this woman, played by Blake Lively, Stephanie Patrick, who loses her entire family in a plane crash. Turns out that plane crash was not just a plane crash. There's a terrorist plot that, of course, got buried, so on and so forth. She, after that plane crash, her life gets completely flipped upside down, 
She ends up he- heavily on drugs. She becomes a sex worker. Things are not going well for her until she meets Raza Jeffrey's character, who is a journalist. And he kind of introduces this whole terrorist plot to her. So that, when I was looking up the book and everything, there was a lot in the book that I wish had been in the movie. Even while I was watching the movie, I kept feeling like there were things missing. And then when I looked it up after, I was like, oh, it's based off a book, which means there had to be a lot on the cutting room floor because we never really see her transition from after the accident to just living in swallow and being on drugs. She then, you know, goes on this quest for revenge and finds somebody who can train her to gain revenge on these people who had this plot so she can get revenge for her slain family members as well as everybody else on that particular flight. So this kind of hops around from location to location. It, I mean, I guess it is an international spy thriller but done in a very subtle way. And there are parts of it that I appreciated where all too often in films like this where somebody seeks out a mentor to get justice, to get revenge, they train for a few months and they're suddenly the best assassin in the world. I hate that trope. It is just tired. It is boring. This is not that. When we see her, you know, eventually training and we see a lot of clips of action in the trailer so it is not a surprise that she ends up you know doing some action during her training we still see her struggling and then in every subsequent altercation she still struggles like she still she is not the top assassin she is not suddenly the best she struggles in everything and I liked that I liked that it did not just go the route of oh well she is now the best because that just it takes away from the character's kind of identity and pursuit when they're just suddenly great at everything. So I liked that. Blake Lively in this, I have only seen a couple of her films. I remember The Shallows from a couple years ago, which was really great. I liked that one a lot. But I've not seen a lot of her catalog. I never watched Gossip Girl. So in this movie, I was really impressed with her ability to basically show that character of a drug user and the way that she portrayed it was a little bit eerie in the sense where it was not just the kind of vocal inflections and everything. It was the way her face looked. It was the way that she would twitch and move. Uh, Her body is just bruised and broken from this life of struggle that she has been living since this accident And that resonates like that really comes through. And she did a great job in those moments. And especially, I mean, even when she is getting stronger, both mentally, physically, emotionally, it was it was a steady transition. It was not, you know, we see her shaking and, you know, going through drug addiction and withdrawal to then some training. And she was like, oh, I'm chipper and I'm great. Nope. Like those demons that she had haunt her throughout the entire movie. So that was impressive. Like Blake Lively really impressed me in this film and it makes me want to see more of her things. So I I have more to compare it to because if she is this good in other things, fantastic. Then that is on me for not knowing much about her other films other than the couple that I 
have seen. I mean, the, the plot itself of this movie, I mean, it is a pretty generic spy thriller revenge caper. A woman wants revenge. She finds somebody to help her become stronger emotionally, physically, mentally, and then she continues her quest for revenge. That is kind of it. As far as an international spy thriller caper, it was it was all right uh, in those aspects. Uh, again, I liked that the fight choreography and everything made it seem real, made it seem like this is somebody who is still learning. This is somebody who is not confident in their abilities, but they are that is not going to deter them from their quest, you know, their revenge. One big thing that I liked about this was the score. This has a fantastic score, and it does it does it in a really subtle way where when they would be in Scotland, for example, there would be this kind of Scottish Highlands or Celtic type of synergy in the music. And it was subtle in just the vocalizations and the instrumentation of the music. Then it would go to Tangier or Algiers or Marseille. And the musicality would shift and the music instruments would be appropriate for that, you know, region, but it still had the same overarching tone. And I know that sounds probably silly to some people like, well, of course, it would go to traditional instruments when they are in Algiers versus Scotland. That is true. The difference is some films, it is so heavy handed and so kind of telegraphed and cliche, it takes away from the film. This, when it would have you know, tablas in the background, you know, having some drumming, traditional drumming in the background, it was subtle enough to put you in that place without kind of beating you over the head of being like, ah, we switched locations. Here's a big dramatic change in the music. It was really subtle and it kept that theme throughout the movie. So that was impressive. Jude Law, who kind of becomes her mentor in this, he, I mean, he was good. He's, I mean, if Full disclosure, he is not in this a ton, I would say, as far as like character development and what we really kind of pull versus Blake Lively. Like we get a lot from Blake Lively as Stephanie Patrick. We we dig deep into her psyche. A lot of the other characters are more surface level, and I get that. This is based off of a book series about Stephanie Patrick. So I, I, I want a little bit more, and I feel like there was a lot more meat on the bone when it comes to a book adaptation with this. And they they easily could slide in maybe two or three scenes to layer in some transitions of these characters a little bit better. Uh, Sterling K. Brown is in this as well as kind of a CIA informant. As good as Sterling K. Brown is in everything, this to me was his least challenging and least I, I I just maybe not least entertaining maybe that is not the right word least engaging character because when you have somebody like Sterling K Brown he can do anything and he is consistently great in this I just don't feel like he was really challenged that much and again that could be a difference in the book where it could be that that character had more to do and had more development. And in the movie, they just wanted to focus it more on Stephanie Patrick, which is fine. We needed that establishing character so we knew, you know, who to follow. I just kind of wish for as good as Sterling K. Brown is that 
he had more to do, especially, you know, counterposed with Blake Lively, who was crushing it throughout the entire movie. <laughs> like she, yeah, she overshadowed everybody else in the movie, which was great. So, uh, who, yeah, Max Casella, like I said, is in this. Uh, Richard Brake was in this. That was cool. I like I like seeing that character actor as well. So, again, it, this is one that I was not familiar with. This is a property I was not familiar with going into it. If they end up making more of these, if they do more of the Stephanie Patrick series of the four books, I would be interested in watching them, but I need more. I need more character development from the other characters, mainly so we can have somebody who can hold their own against Blake Lively. Because if she is doing all of this, we need people to also kind of step up to that. There was a really great long format uh, kind of one shot, yeah, maybe two shot. There was a couple sneaky cuts maybe in there of a fight scene between uh, Blake Lively and Jude Law, kind of when they were training together. And that particular moment was fantastic. Like just the way it was shot, the energy of the scene, the aggressiveness of the scene was really good. And Reed Moreno, for, for her, she is mainly known to be a cinematographer. She has like 50 cinematography credits she has done a lot of music videos short films this is only like her second or third feature film and you can tell that much time behind the camera from a cinematography point of view lends itself very well to when you get behind or sit on the director's chair and get behind that type of you know exposure so yeah she had really really awesome shot selections when it came to fight sequences like I said, it felt raw. It felt real as opposed to something hyper real like John Wick, which is on a whole different level, or even like the James Bond stuff or Atomic Blonde. Atomic Blonde was directed by Chad Stahelski, who was a stuntman for years. So it was a different type of energy, different type of, you know, kinetic force with all of those fight scenes. In this, it was a lot more subdued, a lot more raw and real. And that plays to the strengths of, of this film. So my official rating for the rhythm section is a good. This is another one where I enjoyed. I did want a little bit more, and I hope if they move forward with this, they give a little bit more, but I still enjoyed it for, for what it was. Predominantly, that is because of Blake Lively. Like, she she was really impressive. And she nailed a British accent. At one point in the movie, I turned to the person next to me, and I was like, is Blake Lively British? Because I just do not know that much about her. Yeah, she is not. And she absolutely pulled it off. So that was solid. Uh, so a quick recap of this episode. Guy Ritchie's film, The Gentleman, got a good. And Reed Moreno, or Morano, sorry, Reed, if I'm pronouncing it incorrectly, I normally do more research on how to pronounce names. But I just got back from covering a festival watching 46 films. And then right back into this movie. So uh, the rhythm section also got a good. So, uh, one other thing, like I said at the top of the show, definitely check out my episode of About to Interview with the filmmakers that I spoke with at the Vancouver Short Film Festival. That will be coming out tomorrow. Uh, yeah, I really appreciate all of the support that I received while in Vancouver. I love going up there. It is amazing. It reinvigorates me creatively. Creativity. Wow. It does not reinvigorate my speech. It reinvigorates me from a creative standpoint, being around that many filmmakers and so passionate about the work they're doing. So thank you uh, for Vancouver Film 
Vancouver Short Film Festival. All right. And for this podcast, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review on your podcast platform of choice. Follow the podcast on social media at About to Review, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube.com slash About to Review. And AboutToReview.com has full links to the show notes and guests, as well as the support links for PayPal. If you want to just send a dollar, that would be fantastic. Or the Amazon wish list, where you can pick up some batteries that I need for various things in the studio or some random cables. All of those are very helpful. And thank you again to the recent people who did send me things from the wish list. Uh, I have received all of those packages, so thank you so much for, for your support. It is super helpful. So for this episode, thank you so much for listening. I have been your host, as always, that guy named John, and we will see you next time. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves.